0: Hey, and welcome to the Pathway Church podcast. We're so glad you're here to join us. We hope that this podcast inspires you to live life both for God and your city. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes. And remember to leave us a five star rating. Enjoy the message. We continue our character message series today. And we're going to start out here in Psalm chapter 56. So go ahead and turn in your Bible or in your app, whatever it is that you're doing there today. I want to talk to you about boldness, about boldness. 2021, everybody's afraid of everything. Everybody's afraid. 2020, everybody was, if you had the sniffles, you thought you had COVID and you were going to be on a ventilator in like five minutes. You know, how many symptoms? 900 symptoms. Everything was a symptom. So we were afraid. And... And you know, we we experienced difficulty from that season. And you know, there's still people that are battling that stuff. And we walked on eggshells in 2020. Uh, There were so many landmines to step on. In 2021, it hasn't changed. Uh, There are so many people that are just waiting to be offended. There are so many people that we're afraid to um, engage so many situations we're tiptoeing around. Uh, it's just where we are. We're afraid of sickness. We're afraid of our work. We're afraid of the economy. We're afraid about our money. We're afraid about everything. Listen to me, Pathway Church, I have a word for you today. Be bold. Don't be afraid. Say that with me. Be bold. Don't be afraid. Come on, really good and loud. Be bold. Don't be afraid. Hey, let me, let me give you something. They say a picture is worth a thousand words. I want to give you a picture A picture of boldness here. Here's a picture of uh, young Riley, uh, Blake uh, DeWitt and Riley. They were on their way um, to about to step onto a plane leaving from Pensacola, going to the Bahamas. They are now in the Bahamas where Blake has left a job here in Mobile of 20 years. Because when we went to do Hurricane Dorian disaster relief, he was on that first construction trip. And June, while he was there, he heard the voice of God. He called him to go and pastor that island. And the first sermon that Blake ever preached in a church was his first sermon as the pastor of the man of war church there in the Bahamas. How incredible is that? Only God, only God. But it takes boldness because we launched out, we went out, went together with a few churches to raise money and mobilize people to work and rebuild. And let me tell you, the island was devastated. Uh, my the resident director from ellis hall as a freshman where i was at lee he pastors uh there in marsh harbor and he rode out the hurricane on the island and his house broke down uh, and during the eye he went out and got in his truck he spent the second half of the hurricane floating around in his truck on the island with his wife it's a rough thing so we went back to rebuild and and Erlen Ballou, his church was one of the churches that we were able to be a part of rebuilding. There's a number of churches, but the War Church in Manowar, Abaco Islands, there in the Bahamas, that was the church that we went for. That was, the, that was the beachhead. Would you believe that we didn't even get to get to that one fully? There's still things that need to be done. And our plan was for Blake to go and be able to be there, you know, for us to be done. But it's not. There's no electricity in the parsonage in the house that he's living there on this little island. So I said, Blake, well, what are we going to do? He said, I'm prepared to go regardless of the situation it's in. I said, that's a pastor right there. That's the voice of a pastor. That's not the voice of a hireling. And Blake walked down that uh, that uh, walkway into that airplane to go and minister to that island. That's boldness. Whatever situation you're walking in today, I want to tell you to be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. I want to take you to Psalm chapter 56. It's a Psalm that David wrote. He writes this And gives it, delivers it to the choir director. The background on this song, there's a little uh, byline here uh, as you read verse 56. Here's the context of it. It says, for the choir director, a psalm of David regarding the time the Philistines seized him in Gath. I like this part. Uh, Kyle Grizzard, for all of our worship leaders that are here. Here's a little side note. It says, to be sung to the tune of Dove on Distant Oaks. So I don't know what that song is. Can we put, do you know? I don't know what that sounds like. Yep. It's like, I don't know. This is how I fight my battles. I know there's some tune. Have you ever noticed? Uh, it's like um, ABC's Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. It's all the same tune too. So I guess it's one of those deals. It's a time of difficulty for David. It's a time where he was held captive. It's a time where, his enemy, where he had been delivered to his enemies. David is a child of promise. David, anointed by the prophet Samuel, David, who had killed a bear, a lion, and Goliath, David delivered to the Philistines. Oh, God, have mercy on me, for people are hounding me. My foes attack me all day long. I am constantly uh, hounded by those who slander me, and many are boldly attacking me, but when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you i praise god for what he has promised i trust in god so why should i be afraid what can mere mortals do to me some of you need to be getting this right now because you're in some kind of battle in some kind of difficulty in some kind of ditch some kind of challenge and you're wondering how am i ever going to get out of it remind yourselves the word that david had he said what can mere mortals do to me they are always twisting what i say they spend their day plotting to harm me. They come together to spy on me, watching my every step to kill me. Don't let them get away with their wickedness. In your anger, oh God, bring them down. You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. That's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. God doesn't waste your pain. I think that's what he's saying right there. You have recorded each one of my tears, each one of my sorrows in your book. My enemies will retreat When I call to you for help, this I know, God is on my side. Come on, say that with me. This I know, God is on my side. I praise God for what he has promised. Yes, I praise the Lord for what he has promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? I think he said this like two or three times in this passage because even though he believed it, he had to believe it again. Even though he believed it, he had to remind himself again. Sometimes we have to do that. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. This is what one of the disciples said to Jesus. Here's what David said. He said he had to encourage himself in the Lord. How many of you love Jesus today? You love Jesus, but don't you just need to remind yourself of that sometimes? Don't you just have to encourage yourself? Hey, I, if I can just get to pastor, if I can just get to my small group leader, if I could just have somebody pray for me, sometimes there's nobody to pray for you. You have to remind yourself, encourage yourself in the Lord. Sometimes you have to lay hands on yourself and remind yourself of whose you are, amen? He says, I will fulfill my vows to you, O God, even if I've been seized by these sorry Philistines. And, and I will offer a sacrifice of thanks for your help. For you have rescued me from death. You have kept my feet from slipping. So now I can walk in your presence, O God, in your life-giving light. There's so many reasons in the world that we have to be afraid. The whole point behind our character message series is for us to look at the characteristics of Christian greatness. It's not that we're greater than other people, but there's qualities in the Scriptures that we're called to possess and that we're called to embody. Uh, really, really uh, as I was leading my group, uh, my small group in the spring, through spiritual leadership, or spiritual leadership by Oswald uh, Sanders. Uh, there's a a couple chapters in there that deal with these character traits. And I thought, you know what? I want to preach a message on these traits. And really one of these days, I'm going to do a small group alignment where I have the whole church in the same book. Because if we could just remind ourselves of who we are and if we could develop and cultivate ourselves in these characteristics, it doesn't matter if we're on a mountaintop or we're in a valley, that our trust will be firmly uh, planted and entrenched in God's hand and in his word in his person. But as believers, we, see, we, ha- we have to battle. We have to battle with fear and we're not the only ones. Sometimes we feel so weak when we're, when we're afraid. We think somehow we have failed as Christians when we're afraid. And listen, as you work through that question, listen to me, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. But you're gonna have plenty of reasons to be afraid. And you won't be the only one. The people that are in the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, even they had to deal with fear. David had to deal with fear. Think about Joshua who had to deal with fear. In fact, why don't you jump with me over to Joshua chapter, Joshua chapter one, and, and we'll look at uh, uh, verse five. This is, so the, the leadership transition happens from Moses. Moses dies. Moses, the greatest leader in the history of Israel who took them from slavery and built a nation with people who had never led themselves. There was not one person who was free, who who had been born a free man or a free woman that came out of Egypt. They had all been born in slavery. And so they had leaned into Moses. Moses was a father of of this nation. And then Joshua is chosen. And here's the word of the Lord. To Joshua Joshua, chapter 1 verse 5, be strong and courageous for you are, the, you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors that I would give them. Listen to me, Pathway Church, you are the one that will lead your family. You are the one that will lead your neighborhood. You are the one that will lead your school. You are the one that will lead your church. You are the one that will lead your job, your workplace, you. There's not another super Christian that's going to come along. The cavalry isn't coming. God sent you for your people. So be strong and be courageous. Now, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. If you do that, then you will be successful in everything that you do. So think about this. For us to be strong and courageous without following God's plan and his call on our life, then we're in trouble. We're in trouble. There's no way we can do this on our own. The only way we're going to have success in our walk with God, our success in life, how we will experience this Christian greatness. I'm not talking about eternal life. I'm not talking about making it to heaven. Look, let's make it to heaven. But you know what? Let's walk in abundant life now. We, we don't, the, the world doesn't need one more. Broken down, eor of a Christian who's always walking around. Woe is me, and his tail is falling off all the time. How you doing? Well, I'm, the devil's really on my back. Throw the devil off your back. Of course, the devil is after you. Of course, the enemy is fighting you. But be killing sin, or sin will be killing you. You know, get after the enemy. Take the fight to him. But if we don't do this thing in the power of the Lord by following God's commands, we're in trouble. It says, study the book of this book of instruction continually meditate on it day and night so you will be be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Here's my command. Let me go back to the beginning. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua battled with fear. Adam and Eve battled with fear. You know, they failed, they sinned. And then they they were naked and they were ashamed, they were afraid. God still gave them a charge, he still gave them a command. Yes, they had to deal with the consequence of their sin and then they had to go out from there, but they were called not to be afraid. Think about Moses. Moses, stuttering, afraid. Lord, send someone else, send Aaron, he was afraid. Peter, even after he walked on water, even after he was bold, he still became afraid. He looked at circumstance. When he looked at circumstance, he took his eyes off, on, off of Jesus. This is when he had problems. The disciples, after Jesus was resurrected, after they had seen the resurrected Jesus, you know what John chapter uh, 20, uh, around verse 19 says, it says they were locked away in a house, afraid of what the Pharisees would do to them. Are you kidding me? Jesus just said, no one can take my life. I lay it down and I will take it back up. After seeing all that they saw, they're still going to be afraid of the Pharisees? You got to be kidding me. All of this stuff is normal. Fear is so normal. Jump with me over to Proverbs chapter 28 and uh, verse one. I'm going to read the first part of this verse. The Bible says, the wicked run away when no one is chasing them. The wicked run away. Listen, I I, want to propose to you today that this word wicked here doesn't only refer to people who are in opposition to God, who are sinning against God, but this is also speaking to people who are not walking in the full revelation of God, that we don't understand who we are in God. We don't understand the promises of God. And so how in the world, this is speaking to the disciples when they've locked themselves away because they're afraid of what the Pharisees are gonna do to them. Fear, what a crazy thing. At some point, we just have to begin to take God's word for what he is. Jesus says in Matthew chapter six, verse 31, he says, so don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? How many of you had these thoughts before? This week? Come on, be honest. Go ahead and think. You did something. You made a decision this week. You made, maybe you made a decision to take your kid out of public school and put them in, into a Christian school. And you're saying, I know that you know I want to do this, but I don't know how I'm going to afford this. If I'm going to pay for their school, how am I going to pay for their food? How am I going to pay for their uniforms? Am, am I camping out on anybody's front lawn here. You, you bought a house. You're so excited. You bought a house. I remember the first house I bought, I laid down that night and I looked at those walls and I, you know, Kelly and I barely, I think Kelly might've been 22 years old. You know, I'm like 25, 26 years old. And I thought those are my walls. That's my ceiling. And at like one in the morning, I broke out in a cold sweat. And I thought, that's my mortgage payment. <laughs> that, that's my insurance payment. My heart is beating through my chest. And I thought, what if, you know, because I had gotten this job. I was, we were starting a church, but then I got a job, you know, starting a church. There's no money in that. And so I was working outside of the church. And I remember talking my way into this job and I really kind of sold myself really strong and I just knew it was just a matter of days before they figured out that I didn't know what I was talking about and then I was going to lose my job and then I wasn't going to be able to pay the mortgage and then a tow truck was going to pull my car out of the the driveway and I was going to lose my house. And it went all down and then Kelly was going to hate me. It was going to be really bad. Does anybody have these thoughts? Come on, just go ahead and raise your hand. Just I see. Come on, I need you to do it for me so I know that I'm not the only crazy person here. Jesus says, verse 32, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. And then he says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. You know what? Here we are with our pea brain, little minds thinking about, well, I got to take care of my job. I got to take Listen, work. I think the best Christian businesses, the best Christian workers, they don't run around announcing that they're Christian businesses. They just do all their work for the glory of God. You you can announce it. That's fine. But when you work, it looks like something excellent has been done. That's, that's my opinion. That's my opinion. We're going to do those things, but you're running around worried about those second things, those third things, and those fourth things. And Jesus said, look, if you'll take care of me and my house, I'll take care of you and your house. But what happens if while I'm working on my business, I lose, you know, my, my I don't get to spend enough time and, I, I, you know, I, I don't, I'm not able to stay focused, whatever. Look, let the Lord do that work. Let him navigate those pe- those pieces. If you'll uh, seek me first and I'll add these things to your life. And boy, that sounds good. Doesn't it? D- does that sound good to anybody? Yeah. do you have a high view of that scripture? Anybody want to believe? Anybody want to say, pastor, that's my word for me today. Well, let me just say something. Either this book is true or it's not true. Our families belong to the Lord. Our church belongs to the Lord. Our possessions and our health belongs to the Lord. Our city belongs to the Lord. I'm not going to waste one more second worrying about it. I'm going to trust God. He knows what he's doing. But fear, boy, has a way of getting a hold of us. You know, fear is one of the greatest tools that the enemy uses. I want you to think about this just for a second. You know how your mind works. You're walking into a test. You're walking into a situation. You're applying for a job, and you're thinking, they're not going to, they're not going to accept me. I'm not going to do that. And how many times have we chosen not to take on that effort, not to apply for that job, not to take on that venture, not to step out, not to step out by faith. And we self reject. We pull ourselves back from the opportunity because fear, we let fear have the upper hand. We gave the victory to the enemy and the enemy never even had to get on the battlefield. Just think about that. How many battles have been lost without a fight because of fear? Fear is just an illusion. It's not even it's, it's a figment of your imagination, what you're doing up here. What's going on between your ears. Listen, the enemy is in me. What's going on in your mind is it's a trap that the enemy has set up to tear you down before the fight is ever. Listen, you fight for your family. You fight for your health. You fight for your heart. You fight for your neighbors. You fight for the gospel. You fight for Jesus. You fight for the church. Don't you give up. I don't want to hear one more person say, but but I don't know if people are just really interested in church. God's just not doing what he used to do. Are you kidding me? Do you think the Holy Spirit is less powerful in 2021 than he was in 1950 or 1960? Ain't no way. The same Holy Spirit that resurrected Jesus from the dead is in this room right here, right now. Why aren't we seeing God move like he was? Well, maybe it's because you got afraid and never even got on the battlefield. Maybe it's you quit praying. Maybe it's you quit believing. Maybe it's you quit acting. Maybe you didn't step out in faith. Maybe you didn't step out in strength. It doesn't matter what the enemy looks like. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. June, you keep standing, you keep fighting, you keep believing, speak, stand, reach, believe, and let's allow God to do the work. Fear, what a thing, what a thing. I think about how that some of us have such health anxiety. For 40 years, we'll be afraid of something that might happen to us and make us sick and die. For 40 years, you will get a little twitch; it must be COVID. You get a little twitch. You get a little. You get a little stinger. I wonder if that's cancer. I mean, the list is so long. You, some of you Google diagnosed yourself this morning on the way into church. For some, experience. I have, pastor. I have a super rare disease. One in two million people have it. What is it? I I can't remember what it was. When I read it on Google, I don't, what are you talking about? (laughs) 40 years of anxiety only to one day get sick and die. Hey, newsflash. One day we're all going to get sick and die. I'm not wasting one second worrying about what might come. God has given me a certain amount of time. Let's redeem the time. Let's walk in boldness. Let's walk in strength and let's let God do what he wants to do. You know, we could go down a list of all these things that we're afraid of. All these things that we're afraid of. Pastors are afraid. Pastors are afraid to preach. Pastors are afraid to offend somebody. You start preaching and then you're like, oh man, I was preaching about somebody on row four right now. you know, we're skipping all over. We're tiptoeing through the tulips, not trying not to offend anybody. Forget all that stuff. Pastor, were you preaching to me today? No, I just stuck a hole down, a gun down in the hole and fired. And if it hit you, it came from Jesus, not from me. pastors are afraid to preach we've got gospel faithful churches gospel faithful uh people that are no longer gospel faithful and they're preaching some really carved up nuanced you know church light gospel light pep talk pastors preach churches preach parents afraid to lead their kids well i'm gonna let my kids Make their own decisions. That's foolish. That's foolish. You're a parent, act like a parent. Don't be direct. These kids don't even know what to do. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to tie their shoes. You had to tie their shoes for for them because they didn't have the motor skills or the understanding of how to do that. How do you think that if they couldn't tie their shoes, how do you think they're going to step into a relationship or into social media or into an iPhone without your direction? Man, put your eyes on this stuff. Put your arm around them. Walk with them. Help them avoid the pitfalls that you fell into with your own life. You've got the word of God place it on them, aim them, place tension on their life, release them for the target that God has for them. It's child abuse to abandon our children. It's, it's church abuse to stop preaching the word. We've got institutions and churches and groups and all kinds of people that we're taking the, ver- the greatest tool that we have and we're putting it on a shelf because we're afraid of what people think. Fear. And the crazy thing is in all this fear, Israel had seen the hand of God. Israel had seen God work. I mean, think about when Moses came to town to go talk to Pharaoh. I'm talking about an 80 year old man named Moses shows up with an 83 year old older brother named Aaron and all they come to town with is a stick and a one line sermon. And they go and stand face to face with the commander of the greatest army on the planet. And he says, let my people go. The only way in the world that Pharaoh didn't just kill them right there was Pharaoh was probably hurting in his sides from laughing so much about the ridiculousness of the situation. There's no way in the world that Egypt should have let the Israelites go. They saw the hand of God working Among them, they should have responded differently. Now let's go read the last half of Proverbs 28, verse one. The wicked run away when no one is chasing him, but the godly are as bold as a lion. Say that with me. The godly are as bold as a lion. It's pretty incredible. All the things that the Lord wants to do. All the things the Lord can do. All the things he would promise he would do. And all we have to do is believe him and act on it. I don't care if I'm the only one in this church that wants to see God move, I'm gonna act like I wanna see God move. And if nobody joins me in worship, that's fooey on you. I don't even care. I mean, I care, but look, I want you to go with me. Go with me on this journey. But you know what? If you don't go, I'm still going. I, I Man, I'll hang out with you. I'll get down as deep in the problems that you've got as I possibly can. But don't mistake the fact that I love you and, 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 and take that as me not loving God. Because the truth is, I love God a little bit more than I love you. Pathway. Let's believe that what happened in this book can happen in this room and can happen in our lives. Bold as a lion. You see how lions function? Do you think a lion is afraid of anything? Nothing, nothing. I spent like two hours watching lion videos on YouTube yesterday. I saw lions grabbing crocodiles and picking them up and carrying them up out of the water to go eat them somewhere. Crocodile, have you ever seen, are you afraid of a a, a, alligator? I don't wanna mess with an alligator, especially not a crocodile. Crocodiles are just nasty. One of my favorite videos is the one lion that gets surrounded by all the hyenas. You, have you seen this video? There's actually a meme and you, that lion, he doesn't run away. He does not run. I mean, he sits right down. He's like, man, I can't watch my back. I'm just gonna sit down. And he's getting bit and everything. And every now and then he just grab a hold of one of those hyenas. he shake it real good and let it go and look for another one. He's out there. You can tell he's tired, but he's not running. Lions don't die on the run. Lions die in the fight. My favorite part of that video though is when the other lion comes walking up. Let me tell you, one can put a 1,000 to flight, but two, 10,000. And one lion versus 40 hyenas, boy, that's a tall order, but two lions wipe out 40 hyenas. And I think the meme is, as the lion walks up, it says, when my prayer warriors show up. Love that. (laughs) Pathway Church, look at me. Everybody put your eyes right here on my face right now. Pathway Church, our victory is in the Lord, but our victory only comes when we are as bold as lions. You be bold for your family, be bold for your church. You will not win the day with your family if you are undecided yourself. You gotta be it to see it in your own family. You gotta own it, you gotta taste it, you gotta drink it, you gotta breathe it. You, whether anybody follows you or, or not, you're not doing it so they'll follow you. You are following Jesus because you believe in Jesus. You are committed, you are radical, you're undistracted. It's who you are. And this is the victory. Go with me to 1 Samuel chapter 17 and, and this is where I'm gonna bring us home. I'm gonna bring us home on the, on the battlefield Here with a young man by the name of David. And of course we know, I'll pick up in verse 40, but what we know is we know David has killed a bear tending the sheep and David has killed a lion while tending the sheep. And he had been out there and he had been looked over, but he had been anointed by Samuel the prophet to be the future king. And the Philistines were arrayed against Israel in battle. And there was a giant by the name of Goliath standing out on the field and he was cursing and mocking Israel all by himself. And they were afraid. The Bible actually says that Saul, King Saul and all the men were afraid. David walks up on the scene. He didn't walk up so he could get in a fight. He walked up because his mama sent him to the front lines to take some sandwiches to his brothers. And when he walked up, He could see and hear that giant cursing his God, his brothers, his king, his nation. And if you go a little earlier, here's what David says as he walks up. This little little kid, this teenager, handsome. He was handsome. He walks up and he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine talking about my God like this? That wasn't rehearsed. That wasn't memorized. It was what was in here. And it so violated his heart, it just came out. And he said it in front of all the army. He didn't even stop to think that my brothers had been on the battlefield and I don't wanna dishonor my brothers with my arrogance. And they all did call him arrogant. They said, you're, you're just a young punk. You don't even know what you're talking about. In fact, the Bible says that a warrior that's going out onto the battlefield shouldn't brag like a warrior that's taking off his armor. That's really good stuff. But this is basically what David was doing. And David just said, I can't, I can't handle this. I, I, can't, I can't tolerate this anymore. There are a lot of giants that have taken up strongholds in our lives that we have tolerated. We have listened to the lie of the enemy. We have to say this because if we don't, we might get sued or someone won't like us. It's not, pop, it's not PC, it's not approved. I gotta let my kids just kind of learn their own way. You know, we, we have to tolerate this. Forget about that. Forget about all that. All it takes is one person to stand. All it takes is one person to say, who is this uncircumcised Felicity? How did this get in this policy? How did this get in this program? How did this get in my family? When did you start hanging out with that boy? When did you start hanging out with that girl? What do you mean you're looking at this on your phone? Ah, this is done. All it takes is one. David steps up, says he picked up, verse 40. He picked up five smooth stones. Now I've heard a lot of, a lot of ideas about what this was. They say five because one for Goliath and four for his brothers, I've heard that. Um, I heard somebody say it was because he was so committed. If you miss with the first one, he had a second one, he was gonna go and be faithful all the way to the end. I heard uh, Carter Conlin said, that the five stones were the fi- for the fivefold ministry of the church in the New Testament pastors, prophets, teachers, evangelists, and apostles that would equip the church to do good work and overcome all kinds of giants. I like that one. That one, man, that gives me goosebumps just thinking that I'm one of the stones. I like that. But he picks up five stones from a stream and puts them into his shepherd's bag. Then armed with only his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistines. How many of you ever been in a fight before? You've been in a fight? Some of us have been in more fights than others. I've been in a few fights in my life. And I I never liked bullies. I don't like bullies and I don't like to be bullied. And I've been whooped by some big fellas and I've, I've, I've thrown a few beatings on some people as well, but I I will tell you this, I I, I imagine that as as he was going across that battlefield, I don't think he was running, but as he started moving, his intensity and his adrenaline and his determination started picking up, he's moving a little faster. Uh, When I was 16 years old, I was 15 years old. I was on my bicycle. I was going to my buddy's house. I get right downtown and uh, this this is in Miami. And you know, there's a lot of crime in Miami. Some guy comes up to me, and he says, hey, I like your bike. This is while I'm sitting at the intersection waiting to cross the street. I'm like, oh, thank you. And he's like, no, I mean, I, like, I really like your bike. And I'm like, oh, uh, he's stealing my bike right now. So I thought about it, and I get off my bike and I hand it to him. As soon as he puts both hands on the handlebars, I looked over and I saw a green 1985 Mustang sitting there in the intersection. And I turned around and I jacked that joker in the jaw as hard as I possibly could. It hardly put a dent in him. <laughs> next thing I know, we're rolling around in the street, we're fighting, I'm hanging on. I, I, well, I was right across the pl- from the police station, so I didn't have to win. I just had to hang on long enough, I was gonna be okay. I remember this 70-something-year-old fellow got off his three-wheel bicycle, because in Florida, all the old people have three-wheel bicycles. He gets off and he comes over and he's kicking the guy. It didn't do anything. I was appreciative of the moral support, but <laughs> I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel any of the punches. I didn't feel any of the scrapes. I didn't feel the asphalt as we rolled around the middle. of. This. Uh, uh, of the street and I kept my bicycle too. I had a great story that I could tell to you today. I think David is going across that battlefield. He realized something is being stolen from his people and as he's going, he's moving a little bit faster, a little bit faster. He's got a little determination, a little swagger. I mean, he's getting his mani Pacquiao on and he's ready to go. He's ready to go. Goliath walked out toward David with his shield bearer ahead of him. So he fought the lion and the bear. He had never fought a giant. He didn't just fight a giant. He fought two people, the giant and the shield bear. Sneering in contempt at his ruddy faced boy. Am I a dog that you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the name of his gods. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals, Goliath yelled. David replied to the Philistines. I'm gonna pause for a second because some of you are approaching your enemy today. You're gonna walk out of this place with the call of God on your life to deal with some situations and subjects in your life, some people, some relationships, yourself. The biggest giant you may have in your life, it might be yourself, whatever it is. Let me tell you, as you're approaching your enemy, I want you to be like David. As you're uh, moving towards your giant, you're speaking the words of God. You're speaking faith. You're trash talking the enemy. You're telling them what you're about to do. You're gonna throw them out. When you're throwing them out of your house, you're not just getting them out the door, you're throwing them down the steps. Make sure he has a little gift to remember the whole situation by. You're moving, you're speaking. David replied, to the Philistine. You come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today, the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you and cut off your head. I'm gonna separate your head from your body. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals. Wait, it wasn't just the attack, uh, defeated a lion or a bear or a giant and his armor bearer. But he said, today, I'm gonna take out you and your whole army. He didn't just go and take a little bit of the fight. He said, I want the whole victory. Listen to me really good right now. There will be no compromise. There will be no middle ground. There will be no public relations win. We want the whole enchilada. We are a gospel faithful people. We settle for nothing less. It's my family. It's my church, it's my people, it's the Lord's people. God has created you and crafted you with purpose and destiny, no deals with the enemy, no negotiation with the enemy. There will be no uh, terms of surrender. We wanna win, we want the victory. He said, everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle and he will give you to us. As Goliath moved closer to attack, this is my favorite part, David quickly ran out to meet him. He didn't didn't wait, he didn't say, you gotta come right here. He put the speed on and he moved. And before Goliath even had a chance, David was on him and he sunk a stone right into his forehead, dropped him, took his own sword out. The very thing intended to take out the people of God will become the tool of victory for the people of God. Now, at this point, this would be a good talk, which is like, be bold, go do it. You can do it. Things don't come in cans. they come in can'ts. Come on, guys, get out there. Win, win, win. You know, a good lock- locker room talk. But this is the awesome thing. Because while we are called to be as bold as lions, I want you to know that we are in a tribe of lions. We run with a crew and the leader is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And you know, all we need to do is step out and he will have the victory. So today I declare over you, strengthen your families, strengthen your minds, strengthen your hearts, victory all the way through today. We hope you've been blessed by this week's podcast. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes and visit pathwaychurch.us slash give. We'll see you next week.